Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. This episode is the one to embarrass Sean and leave in his mistakes and talk about who he is as a man in front of the <laughs> entire audience. <laughs> no, Sean, no, Sean. Um, what, what do you think he's doing right now? He in a, Where is he? He's in California. He was hanging out with Pat and Emily. Oh, God. They posted it on their Instagram story. Sean was wearing that. Um, I'm not. This is not. A, <laughs> I am not. a Man, I don't mean this to be on the show. This particular thing about he was wearing that that set that he has for hanging out and it was like i remember like the navy blue one with the white trim it's like yeah and it was just like he bought sports clothes just to ha- it's like he bought a jersey just for hanging out i guess what it feels like <laughs> <laughs> oh sean's gonna regret missing this one yeah <laughs> okay out of paper out of stock there's friendly faces around the block break loose from the chains that are causing you pain Call Michael Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly for your business paper needs or Dundermip. Then the people versus paper people, Dundermip. Then the people versus paper people, Dundermip. Then the people versus paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office. By fans of the office. I am your host and assistant to the team manager, Edwin Janes. And with me, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. I might just be a basketball machine. <laughs> as you may notice, our co host and dear friend, Sean Roney, uh, is not joining us today. Uh, so it'll just be Alex and I. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but for today's topic, the hand strikes and gives a flower. We're talking about basketball from season one, episode five, written by Greg Daniels, directed by Greg Daniels. Uh, in today's episode, we'll be talking about this episode. Uh, excuse me. We'll be talking. <laughs> we'll be talking about basketball. Then we will go to the conference room, and I believe that might wrap up what we have for today. But um, yes. while Sean is away, uh, this seemed like the perfect topic. The uh, mice will play basketball. <laughs> No Sean here to clog up the paint talking about sports or Sean trying to pretend like he knows a, a shit about sports because he doesn't. He doesn't <laughs> care about him. God bless him, though. But he but Edwin and I are huge basketball fans. Uh, as we record this, the NBA draft is about to happen. Um, so that's also explains why we're recording this now. Uh, next week, the week this comes out, as you're hearing this, I'm out of town. Sean was out of town now. So we just couldn't coordinate our schedules. So no Sean today. He's in. Um, He's Sunny in California, California hanging out in fancy clothes. <laughs> uh, for today's uh, episode, it was a perfect opportunity for us to talk about both the sport and the episode to our heart's delight. Uh, and I think this is just one of the most classic episodes in the entire show. This is uh, one of the like perfect little single episodes to recommend to anyone, I think. Um, in terms of like imagery and memes, I would say this is on par with like dinner party in terms of just things you see online a lot from the office. Uh, a lot of it is a lot comes from this episode, a lot of merchandise, a lot of gear. 
A question that we have posed, I think, to each other is if you were going to recommend someone to start The Office who had never seen it before, which episode would you pick? And I actually right. think this, I mean, this could be a good one for that, but I also oh, really? think, well, I mean, it's just a great episode in general, but if yeah. you were going to recommend one episode to someone and they were never going to watch any other Office episodes, it was just going to be this one, I would. Mm -hmm. this would be a perfect single episode. It's very contained. It's very funny by itself. You don't need... A ton of extra explanation or resolution from it. It's just just a, a perfect polished little uh, marble. <laughs> you know, you're right. I think for just just pound for pound entertainment value, you're right. I, I don't think I would show it as like this is representative of the show in any way. But in terms of just like here's one episode that's really going to entertain you, uh, it's a great pick. Yeah, very very classic. We get uh, shots that make up the opening credit sequence. Um, yeah, oh, that right. That's right. We get some really classic Michael Dwight. Uh, we get Michael interacting with the warehouse. We get some Jim, Pam, Roy, love triangle, early season uh, kind of storyline going on. So uh, just, just blue a collar versus white collar. We get downsizing threats. Uh, Michael's racial stereotyping. It's all on display here in this episode. Not to mention Michael Scott playing basketball, which itself is, uh, is, is just comedic genius. Uh, he is yes. a basketball machine after all. Uh, he's a basketball machine that was designed by a third grader who has no idea what they're doing because Michael Scott is arguably the worst basketball player I've ever seen in my life <laughs> compared to what he thinks he is. That is Well, and his mentality is, is that of a kid. He calls fouls and there are no fouls. He stops the game in the middle of it uh, when they're ahead so that he can win. Um, Dude, he's, he's pulling up from 35 feet and shooting over overhand like throw shots. Mm -hmm. His free throws are air balls going over the backboard. Uh, he's blowing. <laughs> when he goes in for a layup off a nice save, a nice out-of-bound save from a nice out-of-bound save from Jim, he goes up for a layup and goes, three! Yeah, he says three. It doesn't make any sense. And then hard off the backboard. This this comes into play later in the episode, but early on he says he plays basketball every weekend. We find out later that's a lie, but at the time when you, see, when you hear him say that, and then it's like, there's no way you play every weekend. You have... You have an infantile grasp of the rules uh, and and what a foul is and how basketball should be played at all. No way you play every weekend. Um, and and that's the thing is like the basketball in this episode doesn't start until about twelve minutes in. Like we're, we're getting we're getting about halfway, a little over halfway through the episode before anyone even dribbles the ball. So there's a lot of setup going on. There's a lot of stakes that are set uh, before this game. You get a very uh, interesting sort of. Uh contrast between the fact uh, between the re the rest of season one where the the branch is in danger of being downsized mm -hmm. someone has to come in on the weekend there's uh there's a lot of pressure from corporate to succeed and remain viable as a branch and michael's idea an idea that he has is to play against mm -hmm. the warehouse in a game of basketball during the workday as ryan says i'm being paid to skip lunch so uh at one o'clock and the warehouse is busiest time yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah very, we got a truck busy rolling time. out at one yeah. it's busy time uh and then you know you we have that all set up we have jim uh having this perfect opportunity to try to impress pam um we have dwight trying to live up to michael's expectations and trying to uh be Seen as a good player again after uh, Michael had vouched for him for Todd Packer, and uh, he underperformed in this unseen basketball game that we have. Ah, uh, I'd I, what I'd I'd pay more for that tape than the '92 uh, Dream Team practice tape. <laughs> in the Supercut episode uh, on Peacock, Dwight talks about how 
Michael was upset with him because he couldn't get a lot of his passes and he should have dove for the passes. Why didn't I dive? He says, which is just there's if you have to dive for a pass, it is not your responsibility. Yeah. I mean, Michael's the worst teammate I've ever seen. Yeah. And that's that's just fully on, on display uh, throughout this whole game. I don't know if we want to get to the actual basketball yet. Um, we can't. I mean, it's but, just it's just Michael being the worst. The only other thing is Michael being the worst GM, not realizing the talent he has on his roster uh, between yeah. Phyllis, Kevin, and Oscar. Um, this is also still in the no cold open situation. So, like, they come in raising up the gym bags. It's, like, right away. Like, this is the whole episode. There's also no... There's certainly subplots going on, but there's no... They're not going to any other physical places for the story to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's, it's kind of... It's kind of incredible that this early in the show they pull an episode off like this where they're able to fold in three to four different subplots all happening during one game um it doesn't really fit at all with the rest of season one in that way and especially with a lot of season one early on is still so much based on the bones of the bbc office and this basketball is it's such a departure from the show there's nothing like this in the bbc office except for you could you could maybe say the trivia night or something, but even that doesn't really count. Um, this like this like physical competition is, is it was brand new for the office. Uh, it's new ground. I mean, I think it's very fitting that this is written and directed by Greg Daniels, as him kind of being the mm-hmm. the the person who had the the foresight about creating the show and bringing it all together. And I think to your point about um, us not going to other physical locations, there's something very interesting about all of these these storylines playing out in a physical manner. They're all playing out during the game. Michael trying to be good, Jim trying to impress Pam, Dwight, I guess, trying to impress Michael. It's all happening at the same time in the same physical space. And it's not always verbalized. It's it's just them putting up shots and turning the ball over and getting elbowed by Roy. Um, but mm-hmm. let's go to the basketball game itself. Yeah. I was going to say last thing on that. Oh. Like if I, I almost wonder if this episode came out in later seasons, you know, if they, like, They'd have this game going on, but also like, you know, Ryan and Andy would be doing a sales call together and there'd be some other, yeah. you know, thing going on. They'd cut back and forth too. But um, yeah, this is just like, let's get to the warehouse and we're going to stay there. It benefits um, from a smaller overall ensemble and mm-hmm. the fact that that the rest of that ensemble isn't very well developed yet. We don't know Phyllis and Kevin and Oscar that well at this point in the show. Certainly not mm-hmm. to the extent that we know them later on. Yeah. Uh, do you think Sean likes this episode? I think he does. Think Sean hates this episode because <laughs> of the sports. Uh, I don't think he. I think he likes this episode just fine. Sean loves the early seasons of The Office. I don't see why this would be. Sean, any Sean would have drafted the same team Michael did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I'm taking such. Cheap I know. Shots I know. Sean, this whole episode. I can't wait for more. It. It is. We. We were joking that. Uh, Sean. Sean is out of town right now, and he and he, we, you know, we were getting ready for our normal recording time. And he's like, "Well, I'm gone, I can't make it," and we were like, "That he just that was it." There was like, we could either either the two of us could do an episode together, or you know, or we just don't we do don't it do this it. Week. Yeah, and it's like maybe he knew we wanted to do basketball, and he's like, "I'm literally going to drive to California to not do that episode." No, we're just giving him a hard time because he's not here, but uh, but uh, and he never will be. <laughs> Uh, I, I will say I'm glad that we didn't have Todd Packer in this game. Um, Pac-Man. That, that was one thing, I think, where um, in the Supercut episode, where they, there is a scene of Michael calling Todd Packer about being in this game. And he, Michael talks in the regular episode about vouching for Dwight in front of Todd Packer. T- Packer seems like a dirty player. He doesn't seem like he'd uh, 
he'd be a good one to have on the team, you know. He would be awful. To talk about cheap fouls and arguing. Imagine Todd Packer arguing a call. Yeah, exactly. God. Um there wasn't a ref. I was there's no like no one's no one's calling the game. Everyone's calling their own fouls. This is a pickup game. Mm-hmm. Probably a good idea. Even though they do um, they do have a jump ball to start. Pam throwing the yeah, jump and Pam, ball. Yeah, and Pam really Michael wins the tip over Roy, uh, which is kind of insane. But Roy also kind of threatens Pam in that moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like throw it my way. It's it's not a good the 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 Roy Pam dynamic is really bad this episode, yeah. and she's obviously has this is like you know heart eyes for Jim going off, um, and Jim knows it too. He's so he knows that he's like oh I'm, I get to do something I'm good at and show off for Pam, and he takes the opportunity to to take it at Roy as much as he can, yeah. and and Jim's a good player. This is his chance. This is his chance for sure to like really. He literally gets to go up one on one against Roy. Uh, it's such a high school movie. Yeah, this exactly. Yeah, um, I know. And like his haircut and everything about it, everything about it is going. He's he's got the, he's got the old Iverson shoes. Yeah, yeah. Totally tracks for being uh, close to Philly at the time. Uh, there's um, a great video that you can watch. Uh, in addition mm-hmm. to listening to this episode, there's a great video that the Ringer put out a year ago, two years ago, that breaks down the actual basketball played in this game, um, the different really plays funny. and shots. It's very funny and definitely worth watching. Well done. Um, but but yeah, for some reason, when they in that video, like watching Michael Scott when like slow mo analyzing his plays, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so funny the way they're just like they're going like play after play, and it's like and Michael pulls up in transition from thirty five feet again. Yeah, terrible shot. Uh, and when it's done with that like dryness, it's Michael's Michael's just absolute inability to play is even worse. The interesting thing about that is that. If you were to do that exercise with, that they did, they took everything that we see on screen as the only basketball that is played. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the implication that you get as a viewer is that we don't see every moment. Like, that isn't every back-and-forth play, but that's no. how they treat it. So they're able to be like, all right, Michael shot one for six or whatever the number is. Um, but, but yeah, it's, a, it's just a very funny thing to break down. Um, it is interesting, though, to think that, like, the, the warehouse guys, I feel like, didn't utilize their... Uh, their strength, they, they had the height, they had the size. Uh, they had everything. Yeah. But you like, also wonder if they aren't holding back a little bit because of who they're playing but, against. Yeah, but the stakes are working on Saturday. I feel like I feel like with that on the on the table, like you need to be posting Lonnie up every time. Yeah. Ryan was Ryan was guarding Lonnie. I mean, it's not even close. Get him in the post, get that ball in, mm-hmm. back him down, put it up. Feed the easy. Feed the sea monster, man. Feed the monster yeah. inside, man. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, Daryl's got a nice jumper. We see him hit from a you know sixteen mm-hmm. footer or so. Um, not the best form, not a pure shooter, but he's he makes a couple long shots. Honestly, Dwight hits. Dwight has the cleanest hit in this game. He does um, when he steals it from Ryan and pulls up. <laughs> it's a clean swish. It's just a nice shot. Um, he's got a nice follow through. Mm-hmm. He's got the Rip Hamilton um, mask going. He does, yeah. which he f- fills with water yeah. at one point. <laughs> nice, fun little sight gag there. I'll be quoting this quite a bit, but in the super fan episode, he talks about, Angela says, do you have to wear that? He says, I've almost broken my nose 12 times, which is a <laughs> funny thing because he talks about how self-conscious he is about his nose being too small. <laughs> That's true. Did you sneeze it off? Last one. It's dainty. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny he would say 12 times, like he's been keeping track of how many times his investment was a good idea mm-hmm. in that mask, which is very Dwight. To be like, I told you I needed this. It's also funny that uh, Michael is the one who comes over the top with working on Saturday versus Daryl's very friendly suggestion of buying dinner at Farley's. 
Yeah. Which is so... Loser buys dinner. Yeah, that's a very, very... Uh, Michael would have gotten what he wants, which is like play ba- play basketball with a bunch of friends and people, and then you all go out to dinner together. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, that seems like his dream. It, it's a... I mean, that, that does seem true of later Michael than this particular version of Michael. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, you have to think that Michael... It's like in the it's like in happy hour when Jim asks if says they need a fourth for pool and Michael says sucks to be you. He doesn't even it doesn't even cross his mind that he could be their fourth and play pool with the two of them and Pam's friend. Yes. So it might not cross his mind here that he could have a friendly game of basketball and then go out to dinner with the with the warehouse guys. And this is this is a hallmark of season one. Michael is he's much less overt with his desires to be seen as cool um i don't think that desire is any less in season one but i think he doesn't later michael's a little more he's just hard on the sleeve this michael's just so much more obnoxious and so much so much harder to love and the way he does this even throughout this episode of like when he watches how roy and lonnie uh Uh, roy and daryl god my i was like daryl and lonnie (laughs) doy <laughs> Daryl and Lonnie, they got their own handshake. Uh, they're doing the chest bumps, like everything about it, even the basketball lingo. Michael just <laughs> wants to be seen as cool and like, you know, like he even like when he's missing shots, he's does the like What is wrong with me today? <laughs> you know, like, like he's he's heard someone say that at a community center, yeah, you know. Yeah. And he's like he wants to be like, no, I'm the basketball guy. Mm-hmm. And it's very apparent he's not, and it's it's fun to watch. It's it's a very obnoxious way to play to uh, just, just yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when Phyllis makes this, <laughs> I was just going to say when Phyllis makes a shot, yeah. that's Michael's move in your face, in your face to Daryl. That's yeah. <laughs> and I, but the like super fan episode later, it's like, you see, he gets in Phyllis's face about like, we're playing a zone Phyllis. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's just After the worst. He gets teammate. burned on D. Yeah. Uh, well, he's the, yeah. He gets burned on D every time. Mm-hmm. Every shot he takes is bad chastises Dwight when Dwight hits a shot and he's like, I was open Dwight. Just the worst. Calls, and this is a calls, tough episode for Dwight. Well, Michael also calls those fouls just a lot. Like, you know, Oh yeah. To the illegal use of hands and arms. He says in the super fan episode, and a, which he's fouling. Yeah. He's, he's doing forklift defense on Lonnie, like, you know, and then calls the, or on Roy and then calls the foul mm-hmm. on him and then goes and takes a free throw. Mm-hmm. What? And then he airballs <laughs> it. But what, what were you saying? Tough game for Dwight. A tough, tough day for Dwight. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I feel like throughout this episode, starting early, Michael is very resistant to even having Dwight on the team. When Dwight starts, like Dwight holds up his duffel bag, which, by the way, is massive and fully filled. Like I don't know how many pairs. And of the Adidas logo is very clearly blacked out. Yes, I don't know why I've never noticed that before, but it's very clear. And all the times of him holding up that duffel, yeah, it's just a giant thing ready to go. Uh, and Michael is not enthused about that. I, we get this later. His his history with playing with Todd Packer. Um, but he, and you know, and he's got all the little, he, Michael makes Jim laugh at Dwight. <laughs> he does like the, the Elven um, Dragon Slayer. Ten point power sword. The face that Dwight makes. And it's, I was just trying to be helpful. Um, he just gets made fun of a lot. Yeah. And he's honestly one of the better players for the, for Dunder Mifflin for the sales team uh, doing this, doing more way more than everyone except Jim and still just can't win with Michael. Michael just keeps taking his frustrations out on Dwight. He describes in the supercut his his style of play as pester, box out, rebound, 
all the while he's just like trying to take the ball from Madge. Yeah, bad matchup for Dwight. Well, he you know he press he 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 tests Madge's ball handling. Mm-hmm. It's not good. Steals the ball, strip steal. Uh, I'm okay with that play. <laughs> Madge didn't call the foul. If Michael's the only one calling soft fouls, Michael is calling fouls all the time. Soft, soft fouls. Even when Jim gets hit, they all know to stop. They all they you know. They all yeah. know when to stop when there's a foul. I think, with my totally. except for Michael, who's going to stop at any 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 given moment. And Roy takes a couple elbows from Jim. He doesn't call a foul. Tries to get in Jim's grill a bit, but Jim is. You know. Wait, we should talk about Jim. Jim is throwing bows a little bit. They give him what three, three or four very solid basketball plays where he's scoring. He goes behind the yeah. back, hits the layup. Um, he gets the uh, very solid plays. He gets the yeah, very solid baby. play. Shout out Lee Ellis. Um, he has the one where he's picked up his dribble or he's off the pivot. He pushes out with the forearm. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of a clear yeah, out that's, there, Jim. Yeah, and then uh, the last one where he's he's throwing the bows. I didn't realize this. Is, nice little touch on that little fadeaway though. That's true. After throwing, he's the, got the yeah. soft touch. Uh, the Ringer video called that the Christian Leitner or the Dirty Leitner. The dirty, the dirty yeah. Leitner. Yeah. <laughs> the wing when he he wings him out of the way. Yeah, takes that. There's a couple of those, mm-hmm. you know. He baits baits Roy uh, oh, into going, going for, for the steal. steal. Hits him with the behind the back, mm-hmm. the high dribble behind the you back. You reach, I teach. In traffic. Yeah, you reach, I teach. Uh, takes a hit, and yeah, he's going. He's going. Steve Nash. He's got a bleeding nose. He's ready to play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's great. Uh, so we talked about how we thought the warehouse guys should try to score closer to the basket, try to get more uh, buckets in the low post, score in the paint. If we were to devise a strategy for the office team, what would you do? Well, first, I would have listened to my employees more and figured out who actually likes playing basketball, <laughs> who has skill. Yeah. Um, that's where this starts, is is casting your team. Obviously, Kevin needs to be on that team. Mm-hmm. Shooter. Um, Kevin, a pick a pick and roll with Kevin, like pick and pop. Jim, uh, uh, Jim, Kevin, you know they could get a nice little two-man game going. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Jim's going to attack the basket. Kevin can flare out for a little jumper. I, Kevin seems like a pure shooter. Um, we see it so at if the you're end. Michael, if you're Michael, you'd have them self-select of like who wants to play. I mean, he would have gotten Oscar. Uh, we can also we see he can also shoot. We would have gotten uh, Phyllis, Kevin, and more more minutes for Phyllis. Mm-hmm. She hits a shot. Yeah, I, I def- more than Michael did. I definitely think uh, you wonder if you're doing that self-select play if Ryan is even into the game. Um, mm-hmm. You you imagine that you've got. Jim is your shot creator, you know. Kevin is spacing the floor. Uh, Dwight is capable of hitting a shot here and there. It seems Dwight knows who he is, though. Dwight Dwight is exactly that guy who he says that just like rebounds, pester. Like he's just he's just annoying. He's one of those guys you want on your team. You hate playing against. Um, he's a little out of control in a good way, and he's just he he wants he's gonna want the ball. A loose ball more than anybody. Yeah. yeah. I would definitely have him in there. He's, a, he's sure. a glue guy. That's for sure. He's a glue guy. Yeah. Yeah. He gets the fans going. Like he's, <laughs> he's he'd be a great hustle place. Yeah. 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 He would be diving yeah. for passes this time. So, so, so our, our starting five would be um, no Michael, right? <laughs> I guess Michael, unless we need another person. So, Jim, you know what? Let's, let's assume Michael's not going to remove himself from the starting okay, five. Okay. So, Michael is a given. All right. Michael, Michael, Jim, Dwight, Jim, Dwight. Kevin Phyllis. Kevin Phyllis. That's your five. Okay, so we we, we get that five on the floor yeah. at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, no mention of Creed in this episode. He's just sitting on the sidelines. He's got a. He's just chilling yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have liked to see Oscar play. Agreed. Uh, and Kevin, of course. Um, I 
later seasons, you would have had Gabe talk about a shot blocker in the middle. <laughs> um. <laughs> Matt, I, I would love for Gabe to be recruited because he is tall. Yes. <laughs> we would have to do, so maybe if you did a future version of this game, it's not. He would wear Rex specs too. <laughs> it's not office versus warehouse. They don't make these shorts in boot cut anymore. <laughs> um, well, he he would probably have the super high seventies. Yeah, you know, yeah. like oh, they don't they don't make these thigh cuts anymore. The high socks. The high uh, thighs. You think if okay, if you were to do um, this game later in the show, it mm. probably wouldn't be Office versus Warehouse. It would be right. a mix of the office right. staff, and then maybe Daryl is in there also. Yeah. Yeah, let's say instead of instead of soccer, like Charles Minor had a basketball game happen in the parking lot mm-hmm. or something. I mean, you would yeah, have you, Andy you, playing. You could have yeah, people like Char- Charles likes versus who he doesn't. I could see you know like Charles would pick his team. I could see Andy. <laughs> you know how Andy is? They they go to the baseball game. Michael and Andy. And yeah. He's like, I know it's a lot like critic, or excuse me, I know it's a lot like cricket <laughs> baseball. Uh, <laughs> I can imagine Andy being like, these are like dance steps that I have to do. I'm yes. doing j- yeah, ja- jazz him. hands on defense. Yeah. I could see him just moving around the oh, floor. Oh, I, I got like, your tuna. Yeah. Oh, where <laughs> you going to go? Yeah. Good shot. He'd be a really supportive <laughs> teammate. Yeah, for sure. I wish we could have um, seen Andy play basketball. That would have been that would have been something. Thought about it. I'm in. <laughs> Although, uh, similar to Michael, the, he doesn't lose. He either wins or quits because it is unfair. Yeah, so you might have a similar ending in that regard. Uh, if you were on the merger, I don't know why I get the feeling Karen Filippelli can. Uh, I feel like she might have played some basketball in high school. I feel like she probably got some skill. I feel like at the very least she surprised. would participate for the fun of it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I feel like she can play. Yeah. Similar. I mean, may- maybe not. Uh, I mean, Phyllis talks about playing in school, but she's like, if it's just for fun, I'd like to play. I can imagine Karen yeah. having a similar uh, energy. I, I, I. I it's not difficult for me to see Toby having a good kind of YMCA old man game. <laughs> kind of, he's slow, but he's smart with the ball. Uh-huh. Um, I bet he's got a consistent shot. Although I don't think he's he's not going to outrun or out out muscle anybody. But Toby is the guy who his first shot has to go in. If it doesn't go in, <laughs> Michael confidence just shatters. <laughs> Michael is right. yelling at him the whole time. You're right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. But if he makes that first shot. If he, he watches the ball in. go through the rim, then he's got. Yes. Then he can. You can count on him for the rest of the game. The fire is lit. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he no gets doubt. the yips. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> wow. Are there any other characters that we haven't thought about that could be good? In, in, in well, this David setting? Wallace, we know he plays. Oh yeah, David and Jim. That's true. I could see David. I could see David coming down, mm-hmm. getting involved. Like another episode you could do with this later would be some charity game. You know that David organizes mm-hmm. and he comes. Corporate comes down and. You know, we see this with volleyball too later, but uh, mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of like, you know, sports we see at the office, we, we get, we get the volleyball, we get the ping pong, we get this, we get the soccer match. Mm-hmm. Um, am I forgetting anything? I do like the way sprinting, sprinting outside, the, the running. Screen. Yeah. The fun run. Um, I do like the way that basketball becomes a way that Michael kind of wraps up his arc in goodbye, Michael. All right. Mm. See you guys on the flippity flip. That's uh, that is a nice uh, throwback to season one. That's really good. Yeah, that's true. Just to, just just to say goodbye to the warehouse. Yeah, that is what he equates the warehouse with. Is is this basketball? Well, that and the Baylor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which is I think can't you see the Baylor behind the <laughs> yeah 
behind the hoop. Daryl said I could yeah. use the baler. No, no. <laughs> I love that. Just, just ah, screw it. I'll, I'll see if this works. Whatever. Um, and then an- another. Th- this is outside the realm of this episode, but. I think it's interesting that when D'Angelo comes in, the way that he kind of wants to, oh, yes. like a basketball right. is a big totally piece of that. his uh, dr- very, very dramatic exit. Yeah. Yeah. Gabe comes up with the name Magic Jordan. <laughs> That's right. And trying to be one of the guys. Uh, they have that mini hoop. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's, as Michael exits with basketball, D'Angelo comes in and then also exits with basketball. True. Yeah. But anything else uh, you want to say about uh, the season one, episode five? This whole episode is, a, it's it's the it's the mini battle between Roy and Jim, and just sort of like putting Pam squarely in the middle of that, having a foot in both camps per se, mm-hmm. as Michael says. Um, but really, this is all about this this warehouse versus you know the the staff uh, office staff, and this is a theme that comes up again and again throughout the show in in several ways. But this is the first time it's like, all right, let's go. Head to head. Michael, for some reason, has always wanted the warehouse to be impressed by him and look up to Michael. Uh, he wants to get respect from the warehouse. And the, he sees this as a chance. Doesn't work at all. And in fact, it goes the other way. They respect him so little, they intimidate him into coming into work Saturday at the end, despite Michael just calling the game when they're up. Um, another insane thing that happens mm-hmm. basketball-wise. What's the score? So- You're ahead. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Sales, come on, bring it in! I love, I love the way that he goes zero to hundred on those yells. Oh, the whole episode he's doing this. Uh, One thing, I, yeah, oh. I, yeah, I mean, at the end too, like the wrap ups to these stories is, uh, it's so season one. It's such a different tone from the rest of the show in this all these ways, which is why Sean would probably does like this episode because at the end it's like, yeah, the warehouse still forces the other people to come in, and Michael just has to stand there and talk his way through this intimidating moment. Um, and then you get this, the scene with Jim and Pam. Yeah. Um, joking about, you know, uh, you know, Hey, I talked to the scout. looks good. Roy comes by and makes the Larry legend joke. It's pretty good. <laughs> hey, let's get you into a tub. Yeah. Let's get you into a tub. Just the worst, just a gut punch for Jim at the end of this, you know, try as he might. Um, he's, he ends up right where he started at the end of this episode. A couple things I remember from the DVD commentary. Okay. Um, I remember them talking about how you get the juxtaposition of that that sad moment for Jim, right? Let's get you into a tub. Mm-hmm. And then it immediately goes to Michael talking with this big napkin in his nose. Yeah. And how, like, it's just him talking with a silly voice. Um, <sighs> another thing they mentioned is that the scene of Kevin hitting all those shots at the end was just something that they happened to film. I don't think they shot it that way on purpose. That's right. Yeah. Um, but, and then at the end of the Supercut episode, you see Michael actually make his full court shot. Yeah, and everybody is is happy for it. It's clearly he wasn't supposed to make it for the sake of shooting, and it just happened right. to go in. So, uh, a a great moment. Um, sort of like yeah. at the end of Diwali. Yeah. Now let's just film this, you know, and put it in. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I I don't know other little other little things. Uh, when Michael calls the foul on, I believe Jerry, yeah. the other warehouse worker, he calls a flagrant personal and intentional foul, right there. <laughs> Crazy move. Um said calling the game but then he oh he doesn't even make his own people come in too um and this sort of ends with like yeah no one learned a lesson here 
one thing that that uh, I think helps the office stay pretty timeless as even as it ages is the fact that during the during the majority of episodes everyone is wearing work attire shirts and ties they're dressed yeah. professionally but it, I was very interested in the different basketball outfits that they had for this particular episode um Stanley wearing a windbreaker to play basketball amazing uh Jim in the in the in the Iversons which we talked about Michael Scott's color coordinating set um dwight in a t-shirt he doesn't take seriously yeah anime expo i think it says yeah um yeah all yep. right guys we'll be skins oh just oh, collective just groan yeah yeah it's just ready to go <laughs> um but yeah and then we see that a little later in the fun run episode um just like their different running outfits and stuff it's, as the show ages it's fun to get that that peak back in time a little bit yeah yeah the, uh, some of the footwear too fun yeah. to watch mm-hmm. um yeah all of an episode. This is just an overall uh, a classic, one of the uh, one of the all time greats, I think, from the series run. I would say, uh, you know, if we want to take a little time to talk about our own basketball game, that's fine. I could, I'll tell I'll tell the audience this: Edwin Edwin's a pure shooter, <laughs> uh, moves off ball incredibly well. Um, oh, he thanks, can run buddy. point guard if you need to. I mean, he 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 makes the right decision with the ball, uh, and he hits an open shot every time he's left open. Alex it's a joy is a, to play with. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I, I shouldn't. I, I, I lo- we had a nice two man game going the other the other time we last time we played. We did. I shouldn't have interrupted you. You were saying all those nice things. <laughs> I, dude, I I I notice all the little things you do so well, and uh, <laughs> I I feel like a lot of people they're they're not even aware enough to notice the the, the good things you do. I'm you not. Know, I'm not that. I'm not as tall as like a lot of the guys we play with, so I got to do little things, you know. Uh, a coach, yeah, you, just a coach's dream. You got to have you got to have an Edwin on the <laughs> roster, you know. I will say, Alex coach's, is a, coach's player. Alex is a very dynamic combo guard. Lefty, drives to the hoop very well, very good yeah. outside shot, plays a lot with confidence. And if you move to the right <laughs> spot, like you, you, you're very like, uh, you know, you make, you make, you drive to the hoop. You're not afraid to take your own shot, which is good. And if you move without the ball, Alex will find you, hit you with the right pass. You got to reward off ball movement. And we see that a couple times in this game too. There's a couple, Jim sets some nice off ball screens. That's uh, there's some, there's some good action going on if you look closely. That's what you would encourage for the the, the office staff team is a little more movement without the ball, some off ball screens, yeah. that kind of thing. That's like their yeah. most effective play is a back screen, player screen for Dwight, something like that. Yep, exactly. And and you know if if you're a good coach, if you're Michael, you say okay, oh shoot, Stanley's not good. Okay, well Stanley's a big body out there. Have him start setting screens. Just have him go take up some space, uh, set a screen, get Jim open, and uh, play. <laughs> play the right way have you ever played basketball with sean uh no that would require sean having to touch a basketball <laughs> i also don't think i've ever played basketball i with played with sean yeah How do, what do you think sean's game is like like jim in the soccer game just kind of duck <laughs> <laughs> you get that beard man that yeah. beard will that'll create some that'll that'll confuse a defender mm-hmm. take a little <laughs> more space just a, what a, fear the beard. Just a, fear the beard. Sean's just an aggressive on-ball defender. Just a <laughs> lockdown defender. That's all you need to be sometimes. Yeah, we really man. Make... Now I want to play ball. Yeah, I know. Ready? We'll have to wait for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
But cool, this is a fantastic episode. I'm really glad that we got to uh, go really deep on the basketball side of it. Uh, thank you for staying with us. If you, if you, if you like Sean, are not a basketball fan and you've stayed with us for this long uh, through our, our, our babble, then, uh, then thank you. We really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. We hope we didn't lose you with, uh, with all of our basketball chat. Uh, as I you mean. may know, Alex and I used to host a basketball podcast. Uh, so this is right back in the groove for us. Yeah, easy. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll talk hoops all you want. Yeah. All right, before, before we go to the conference room, let's take a quick break. This podcast is sponsored by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips with less prep, less effort, and minimal cleanup. So you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes. None of this. The asabuco just needs to braise for a few more hours. Jan checking the oven. Not even close. You don't need to worry about any of that. Choose from 50 menu and market items uh, each week from vegetarian meals to craft burgers and extra special gourmet options all available. You've been meatball. (laughs) (laughs) There's something for everyone to enjoy with all recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to enjoy to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. I love this hog mama. (laughs) HelloFresh's produce gets from the farm to your door in less than a week, which means fresh, high-quality ingredients. If HelloFresh really wanted to uh, sell some meals, they would do office-inspired meals, like farm-to-table from Shrewd Farms. That would be amazing. Um, You know, I recently got uh, some meals from HelloFresh. I got the veggie uh, selection just because I wanted to try some new recipes. It was great to try some new stuff, and I definitely will be making them in the future. So I highly recommend uh, you check this out. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 14Scott and use 14Scott for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. Get yours today. All right, let's jump into the conference room. Okay, 20 minutes. Conference room, everybody's in there. Dad? <laughs> very good, very good. Gotta my let friend. that one ride. Very good. Uh, all right, well, for this conference room, uh, we've had some great stuff sent to us uh, by our listeners. Um, we're going to play a couple voicemails, but before that, we do want to share uh, just quickly a very intensive fan theory that we got um, from one of our patrons. Um, I'm going to bring this up right now. And up comes the toolbar. Up comes the toolbar. <laughs> That's what she said. I I need to have that for when we're like <laughs> waiting. Setting something up. page yeah. to load. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. This should That's only take five good. to ten minutes. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is from Ashley, one of our patrons. Um, and she sent this to us before or sorry. She sent, she sent this to us after we recorded Jan episode because we recorded that a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we weren't able to actually talk about this during our Jan episode, but, um, she sent us this huge fan theory, man, that basically comes down to, she made a lot of very good arguments that, that Jan is technically, uh, could be described as a psychopath, um, primarily motivated by the desire to be successful, which she defines as having a career and a family on her own terms, but at any cost, uh, maybe a little more sociopathic than psychopathic. Perhaps. I don't think she has any sort of. Uh, wishes physical harm on anybody. Um, maybe that's not a char- characteristic of a psychopath. But I, it's funny that because I just listened to 
This American Life last week rebroadcast their psychopath test this episode, week. where, <laughs> which is where the uh, the whole point of this is to just to just spoon feed Edwin some Ira Glass bits. <laughs> but but they you know they have their whole like staff take the psychopath test, which was developed by psychologists to like figure out the scale of oh well, how much is a psychopath. In that episode, they do talk about how it's, it's some percentage of the prison population is technically psychopath, and then it was. Uh, Four percent of business leaders are psychopaths, hmm. like in, in the world and in across all industries. Which is, you think four percent is pretty small, and then you're like, well, four four out of a hundred. Uh, yeah. it's you know that's not. I'm just saying, out of you know a hundred folks on the corporate board at uh, Thunder Mifflin, you know maybe Jan's Jan could fall into that category. Very possible. Now, Ashley gave us a lot of evidence, and it's it's a it's a very extensive analysis and theory it's very impressive but we don't really have time to like you know read this entire thing um but i just wanted to share that and run that by you edwin i don't know you if you looked at this email or skimmed it um i mean what are your thoughts do you do you think there's any validity to this that you actually could say janice actually kind of a psychopath uh and based on everything she does i mean it is very interesting the the points that she makes specifically i think when uh, after she loses her job and she goes to move in with Michael and this sort of drastic steps that she takes um, uh, in terms of chasing the career, uh, Serenity by Jan and the family, um, which becomes the baby via the sperm donor. So um, I thought that the, like as as it goes on and a little later, like those are very drastic steps, including the lawsuit, which I know comes a little beforehand um, yes. before those things. But it is interesting to think about the dramatic steps she takes uh, in, the, in, in pursuing her goals. So I did think it was a very, very interesting theory. Um, I don't feel super qualified to say whether or not someone is a psychopath, but it is very, sure, of course. Um, yes, we should, but yeah. But yeah. the 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 severity in the like of the actions that she takes is really interesting, and I hadn't thought about it in that sort of succession before. And she, like I say, there's a lot of these examples she gives. Um, one of them being starting back at. And back from vacation, we get a real peek into her psyche when she comes in and tries to get Michael to ditch inventories and go back to his condo, despite him leaking the naked photo of her. She's fully leaning into indulging in these self-destructive tendencies without a lot of consideration for her future with Michael. When he says that she completes him or when they sign the relationship agreement and cocktails, and she said she she never said she loves him. You can see her trying to maintain that distance. Everything comes to a head in women's appreciation slash the job. When Michael breaks up with her, she loses her power, so she gets breast implants to get that back. It's kind of all about this, like, having power over Michael at all times. Um, she gets fired, and then she starts to smoke in her office. Not Again, none of these are just like, oh, they're a psychopath. But it's funny when you look at when, – when Ashley lays out all the evidence in this order, and then you sort of look at what a psychopathic person tends to be, you go, oh, uh, Jan checks a lot of those boxes, actually. She does seem willing to do – you know, to take drastic measures to get what she wants. To be fair, Michael, compared to a lot of people, would probably make a lot of people seem like a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally drive you crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so I think what we'll do with this, um, Ashley, is uh, on one of our one of our different social pages or perhaps on our website, we'll see. We'll post this full sort of analysis so you guys can read through it because uh, it's kind of a fun little fun little side alley to go down and explore Jen's psyche um, in a whole different way than we did on our Jen episode. So yeah. thank you so much to Ashley. All right. Uh, let's listen to a couple voicemails and then we're out of here. Let's start with uh, this one from Madeline. Hi, I'm Madeline from Fort Worth, Texas. 
I'm calling because we all have more than once made a mistake that like drives me absolutely nuts. But in the murder <laughs> episode, which I'll just did a podcast about, um, Michael Scott has asked which designing women he based his accent on. And he says Delta Burke, I should declare, not Delta Park. Delta Burke is an actress from the show Designing Women from the 80s. It's a great show. You should go watch it. But it's always kind of rubbed me the wrong way when he, when you almost pronounce it and say Delta Park. Like you don't know what he's referencing. But if you didn't, now you do. You should go watch Designing Women. Thanks. Love your podcast, guys. Bye. So does, does Michael say Delta Park? Presumably he's saying Delta. I mean, it would make sense that he says Delta Burke. I always heard it as Delta Park. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we're influenced by it. there's a Delta Park in, in Portland. Portland. Yeah. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that explains. Uh, we just are, are. We sort of went that way. I always heard um, it that way. But yeah, I mean, look, mm-hmm. if, uh, if there's one thing we can guarantee, it's that we're just going to keep making mistakes. We got enough yeah. one star reviews on iTunes to know that we drive people crazy <laughs> yeah, when we make know, mistakes. But it's so funny. It's just the office is just, just riddled with that errors. kind of show, <laughs> and it's got that kind of fans, yep. and it's, that's just how it goes. Uh, and we apologize, mm-hmm. but you know, here we are. But hey, if uh, at least right. the people listening are engaging with us, sending us stuff, please do it. It's uh, you know, hey, if you still like our show, despite that's that, good. Right. Despite yeah, Whew. yeah, just slide in. All right, let's go to the next uh, voicemail here uh, from Serena in North. Carolina. Hey guys, this is Serena from Charlotte, North Carolina. I love hanging out with you guys through the podcast, and I just have to say, I love your impressions. Edwin, you are Toby. John, you are Stanley. And Alex, that one time that you beeped like a microwave in episode 90, I about wrecked my car. Occasionally I'll hit my car, so sue me. That's it. Thanks for that. So love you guys. Peace out. Awesome voicemail, Thanks. Serena. Nice job. I had That's to play good. it because she put a drop in her voicemail. In the voicemail. Wow. Amazing work. Love That's to hear great. that. Great job. Uh yeah, thank you. We appreciate that. I didn't even remember the beeping like a microwave, but I guess I remember I remember you talking about the a microwave. Okay. Yeah. Vaguely. Um I had a Toby that. impression. That's so interesting. I don't feel like I do Toby yeah. all that often. I know. Maybe she thinks that's your Ira Glass. <laughs> yeah, the Ira, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One and the same. I can't even uh, think of a Toby line to say. Yeah. But uh, it's beach day. <laughs> there you go. Anybody have a camera? Anyone have a camera here? <laughs> that's like the least Toby line he yeah, says, too. But it's always the one I think of. <laughs> These are radon test kits. <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> no, more Clark. S'mores. Clark, more get out of here. Get out of here, Clark. Oh yeah, the, yeah. Do that one like that. <laughs> you have to stop. <laughs> All right, uh, last. Let's go. Thank you again. Thank you. Yes, appreciate that, Serena. All right, let's go. To last voicemail here from uh, Elizabeth. Hey guys, my name's Elizabeth, calling from Kansas City. I'm just watching the episode Phyllis's wedding, and something hit me that's never hit me before. So when Michael goes in to see Phyllis getting ready before the wedding and he accuses her of breaking wind, both of them seem pretty convincing that it wasn't them. So was it the camera crew? What do you guys think? I love this question because I'd never I'd never actually taken the time to really consider this. Consider uh, the cameraman. Yeah, Because I do agree that. I mean, you you would think Michael did it and then tried to blame it on Phyllis because Michael's nervous. 
it, it, it does seem like neither of them actually did it because the way Michael reacts to it does seem like it's a foreign smell, like it's not his own brand. You know? Yeah, it doesn't seem as if he's trying to cover it up. So, yeah, I guess I guess that would be the <laughs> most like, logical conclusion. Sad. Yeah, which is like really one of the one of the most uh, fourth first first like real fourth wall breaking that goes on in the show. Is that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, outside of the camera helping Pam discover mm-hmm. Dwight and Angela's affair. That's I guess that would be the first one. But but this was a. Uh, a rude breaking of the Hilarious. fourth wall, the That's breaking really of the funny. wind. I haven't thought about that yet. Breaking of the fourth wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are all the voicemails I had. Perfect. Well, th- no, thank thank you, thank you for uh, thank you for for calling in and leaving those voicemails. Uh, as always, you can call and leave. No us. thanks to Sean though. He didn't do anything for this show. <laughs> but don't worry, he'll be back. Uh, yeah. t- the two of us. Lo- are, I love you, Sean. Yeah, we're the we're two of the original Roniacs. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I've, um, I've been a Roniac since day one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, since when he had hair on top of his head and no beard. <laughs> yeah, before yeah. all of his hair dripped from his head to the bottom <laughs> of his face. It's, oh it's, been a, it's just been a 15-year slow drip, and I'm right on his heels. I can't wait. <laughs> well, I anyway. Got, look at this. Look, I got full Ginobili going on right the... now. I got my hair cut short. <laughs> Manu. Yeah, there you go. Speaking that's of perfect. lefties, getting to the hole. That's me, that's right. baby. Yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay, let's wrap this up. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you can reach us on Instagram. You reach us on Facebook. You can, we've got a website, uh, michaelscottpod.com. You can reach us by email, mspodcastcompany at gmail.com, uh, or you can leave us a voicemail at I don't have the number in front of me. Uh, you can also uh, please join us on Patreon, where you can become a patron. Scott Stott for just five bucks a month. Uh, you'll get a bonus episode every month uh, where we answer your mailbag questions and we make a donation to the Thurgood, Co- Thurgood Marshall College Fund. Uh, so it goes to a great cause. Um, this podcast was recorded in Portland, Oregon over video chat. Do you have the number? Uh, I was trying to do that, but since we switched... Our provider, our old podcast page, doesn't have the same format. That's so I don't have the number. That's this okay. That's why we need Sean. Thank you for listening. We truly appreciate that you guys would listen, <laughs> hang out with us, uh, send us comments, leave us voicemails, um, let us know uh, when we've made errors. We it's just it's just the best. It makes doing the show so much fun. Um, we can't wait to be back next week. That number is five zero three six nine four nine three one four. Take care. Stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Pippity Poppy, give me the salad. Yes, yes sir. sir. Wrong with me today. Michael's gone. Threat level wise, apartheid. Gotta fight it. Free Mandela. Peace, I'm out. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.